Hey there, and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. We've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives, and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. If you've been coming to Soul Church for a while, you'll know about our vision and our values, but I just want to remind us what our vision is as a church. Our vision is Christ's love in action. Christ's love in action. And the vision of this church has never changed and it will never change. And the, you know, the vision doesn't change. So it's not, someone said to me last week, I can't wait to hear the new vision for Soul Church. I said, there is no new vision. Um, there is refocus. You know, sometimes with your eyes, you've got to refocus. And so there's going to be some refocus areas. But the vision is to keep bringing Christ's love in action to our church, to our city and beyond. And um, our values, they've also never changed. The first value, and this is just kind of uh, repetitive if you've been coming for a while, but the first value of our church is we are Christ-centered. We are Christ-centered. We're all about Jesus. The name at the top of the building is Jesus. It's all about Jesus. John and Chantel, Soul Church, Stephen Rachel, we cannot change people's lives, but Jesus can. Our job is to point you to Jesus. And so we point people to Jesus. And the second one is we're outward focused. Okay, as a church, we like to look outwards. If we look inwards, we'll see all of our problems. Okay, and there's plenty of them. So what do we do? We keep looking outwards. How can we help people? How can we reach people? How can we care for people? How can we? And so all these questions, and we're going to unpack some of those today. Our third value is we are life-giving. We like to have fun. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. Church should be enjoyed, not endured. Some of you have been in churches where you just endure it, but we believe when you come into uh, the, the, the walls of the church, when you come into connection with people from the church, you should find the life that Christ brings. And our fourth value is we're people empowering. We love to empower people. There's so many people with dreams and gifts and talents and skills. So we, as a church, we want to make sure we're empowering you in those. And so I'm going to give us some metrics and some headlines over the course of the next 30 minutes. So I'm going to kind of weave them into the message really to just encourage you, help you understand what, as a church, what we're a part of. Now, our Sunday attendance, I'm going to first put up our Sunday attendance. Our average attendance in 2022 was 1,142, which is 6.5% up on the year before, which I think in this day and age is, is, is miraculous. And so we praise God for that. We have an average of 60 children per service. So all of the parents, we're so grateful you bring your children to church. We dedicated 36 babies in 2023. We had 91,999 people tune in online for church over the past 12 months. And so um, it's staggering to think, and a big welcome to our online community. Can we just welcome everyone who's joining us from around the world today? We're so grateful that you call Soul Church your home. And we regularly receive messages from Australia, America, across Africa, India, people who would call this their church home and would tune in. Isn't that fantastic? We live in this virtual world and we have this global footprint. And so we're just so grateful for our online community. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your commitment. Many of them will stay up late, get up early to be part of this live community. So we thank you. We baptized last year. 86 people went through the waters of baptism. <clears throat> Our tithes and offerings over the past 12 months, just over a million pounds came in on tithes and offerings. 
And um, again, that was 11% up on the year before. So to God be the glory. Our heart for the house. Again, we, we just recently announced that again, just over a million pounds. And this is quite staggering. Last year, we gave 148,000 pounds away to mission. And so as a church, we have a target, the board set as a target to give 10% or more to those in need as a church. So just as we encourage the church to tithe, we also encourage ourselves to tithe. And so as a church, we're constantly looking for ways to give back to people in great need. And on top of that, our Soul Foundation, who'll be focused a little bit later on, um, they spent 326,000 this year in blessing those in our community through the supermarket and our homeless ministry. So I think we can be very, very proud of everything we've achieved this year financially. And so we're dedicating this day to really refocus the vision. And every year, around November, December, Chantal and I, some of our key team, we get together and we talk about maybe a key word that God would give us to help us refocus for this new year. And this is the passage for the year that God has given us. And it comes from the, the, the last book in the Bible, the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 8. It says, See, I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. We declare 2024 is the year of the open door in our church. It is the year of the open door in your lives. So we're speaking it over your business, over your finances, over every area of your life, we're speaking an open door. We're gonna believe that God is gonna open doors for you which have been shut. Open doors for you which seem like a dead end. We're going to believe that even if they, feel, they seem slammed shut, God is going to release something this year over your life. See, Revelations 3.8. Let's just put that verse back up if we can. See, here it is. See, first of all, see. You've got to see it open before it opens. You've got to see it. It's no good me saying it. You've got to see it. You've got to see yourself well before you're healed. You've got to see yourself out of debt before you're out of debt. You've got to see it. God is speaking today. He says, if you can see it, I can do it. Faith is seeing the impossible as possible. See. See. I love the next word. It's simple. I. No one else can do it apart from God. See. I. I. No one else can open the door in your life. You've been kicking it, pushing it. And nothing's moved. And God says, that's because I am the only one who can do it. God's in control of my life. See, I have. Have. It's already done. It's happening in the supernatural. There are things happening in your life that you cannot see. You've got to trust God. See, I have. It's happening already in your life. Set. See, I have set. God's word is set. It is established, it is eternal, and it is unending. God's promises are yes and amen. If God said he's going to do it, he is going to do it. It is set before. Miracles are before us. Miracles in front of us as we walk into 2024. See, I have set before who? You. Anyone else see everyone else get blessed? You say, what about me, God? God said, no, I'm going to make this verse really plain and really simple for you for 2024. See, I have set before you. You. You're important. 
You're called. You're chosen. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You're a chosen vessel for God to use. It's you. God wants to exceed for you in his, his expectations. See, I've set before you, what? An open door. An open door. Right now, the door you expect might be closed. But I believe that there's some doors that are going to open. I actually believe this year there's some, some doors that you've least expect to open are going to open. Some doors that have been closed for so long are going to open for you this year. Some doors that have, have been written off in your head. Some doors that you cannot even, even fathom are going to open in front of you. See, I have set before you an open door. And here's the end of it. You ready? No one can shut it. No one. The bigger the door, the bigger the enemy at the door. The bigger the door, the bigger the enemy at the door. He might be intimidating you. He might be making you feel small. But you have an almighty God as a doorkeeper in your life. And he is standing at the door. Behold, I stand at the door, the Bible says. You ready for this? The bigger the door, the bigger the other side. We've got some big doors on the new church. Said to the architects, we want big doors. Why do we want big doors? Because big things are going to happen on the other side of the doors. I feel like the doors of this church have contained us. So we've got bigger doors, which means more people can come in and out, more flow. And so the bigger the door, the bigger the miracle on the other side. You know, the enemy thought he'd shut the doors of this church in 2006. Tonight, we're going to be showing some footage from that fire. You don't want to miss tonight, by the way. Do not miss part two tonight, because I can't do this in half an hour. I need an hour. And fire destroyed the church. This is the problem. The enemy didn't shut the doors of this church, Trevor and Joyce. He just made them bigger. All he's done is made them bigger. The doors didn't get closed. All they did is just got bigger. And by the way, he is steaming hot red mad right now. He's thrown everything he can at Chantel and I to stop those doors open. Because he knows when those doors open, we're on again. We're on again. But the doors just got bigger. So right now, what you see is shut, God sees is open, just bigger in your life. The vision is bigger. It's 2024. The word, the, 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 the digit four in Hebrew is a word called delaf. And it actually means open door. Someone sent me this recently. I was sharing it and they said, you need to understand what the word for is. It actually means open door in Hebrew. This is actually forecast. This is prophesied that this is the year of the open door. 18 years since the fire, 2024, God said, no, it's set. The date is set. You know when the church burnt down on the 21st of February 2006, God had already set the date for it to open again. Behold, I have set. It's already set. You say, well, what about the 18 years? Oh, that's been frustrating, I'll tell you. It's what you do in the middle. It's what you do in the middle of your dream. It's not what happens at the end or the beginning. Anyone can dream and anyone can receive their miracle. What do you do in the middle? Because the middle's messy. So, are you ready for this? I want to share five doors as a church we're going to walk through over the next 12 months. And we've got a little gift for you. It's a little bookmark, a little interactive bookmark. And I ask our amazing host team to begin to hand those out. Can we give our host team a hand? They, they are fantastic. We appreciate you all. Thank you. On the back of these bookmarks are 
the five doors as a church that God has clearly shown Chantal and I that we're going to walk through over these next few months. <coughs> Excuse me. What we want you to do is, the reason they're interactive is we want you to write, I'm going to ask you five questions or give you some things to write on these. I know they're small. But like I said, it's the year of refocus. <laughs> we're going to go through these doors together. And I believe, we're, I believe we're going to be part of history. This is going to be a history-making year for this church. 2024 will be a history-making year for this church. And you're a part of it. And so, can I share these five doors of you? Yes. I want you to keep this safe. I don't want you just to put this in a drawer or in a trash can. We to place this in your Bible. We to place this on your fridge. Place this in a book. Use this as your yearly bookmark. And every day, I want us to declare these five things over our families and over our lives. Okay, number one is this. The first door we're going to walk through as a church is the door of salvation. Revelation 3.20, here I am, Jesus speaking. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. We are God's voice. People need to hear it. If anyone hears my voice, the church has gone silent. Chantel and I have never been as passionate as we are right now about winning souls. We did that Recognizing the Time series. If you haven't watched it, catch up on YouTube. But there's no doubt about it. Jesus is coming back again. And it's going to be soon. What does that mean? That means that we have this window of opportunity to bring people to Jesus. We have to give people an opportunity to get to the door. We have to give people an opportunity to hear the message. Sharing This is critical this year. Sharing the gospel is not optional. It is a responsibility. We don't have an option on this one. We have to lead people to the door. The church that doesn't want to grow is telling the world to go to hell. If we don't want to grow, what we're saying is, well, you figure it out. We're happy. We're going to heaven. Don't you come and mess my nice little comfortable church up. You know, it actually takes unselfish people to grow a big church. This is an unselfish, you you guys are unselfish. Because you're saying, I really don't like queuing up to get out of church for 45 minutes on my day off. I really don't like that traffic light. I don't like the fact it took me 20 minutes even to get in the building today to find a seat. And I'm not even sitting with my spouse because she's sitting over that side because they couldn't even find me two seats together. But guess what? I'm glad to be part of it because God is moving and it takes unselfish people to grow a church. It takes unselfish people when it comes to heart for the house to say, you know what, I'm just going to sacrifice. Unselfish people. We're going to walk in that new building. There's going to be people who are going to walk in for the first time and they won't have given a penny or an ounce of energy, and they're going to love it. Some of you, you know what that building's cost you. It's cost you everything. Because it takes unselfish people to grow the church. So what do we do? We've got to keep going. If there's one person in Norfolk who doesn't know the good news, we have a responsibility to point them to the door. Jesus said, he said seven I am statements, but one of them was this, I am the door. I am the door. So get ready for the most uncomfortable year of your life. Because this is the smallest this church will ever be. 
Do I need to say that one more time? This is the smallest we'll ever be. That's not arrogant. That's just saying we, we're going to grow. And it won't be long before we start meeting <clears throat> architects and talking to people about how we're going to grow. Because part of our vision is that buildings will struggle to contain the increase. It takes unselfish people to help the church grow. We haven't honestly seen anything yet. Last year, 640 people said yes to Jesus across our services. 640. 345 of those people have connected into the life of church. We can feel really proud or we can look at the fact there's over 900,000 people in Norfolk. I would say the majority of them don't know Jesus. So the question is this. First question on the back is the door of salvation. Who in my world am I committed to? to take into the door of salvation. A friend, daughter, son, mum, dad. Who would agree that every single person that you know, their life would be better off if they knew Jesus? Would we all, are we all agreed on that one point? Now we have the responsibility to take them to the door. We're not there to change people, save people. We can't do any of that. Jesus does the changing. He does the heart stuff. We do the practical stuff. We get them to the door, and Jesus does the change. So I want you to write down a name on the bookmark. You don't have to do that now. Can we just pray? In fact, let's just pray. Would you just hold your bookmark, because that, that represents a name. And This is the door of salvation. Father God, <clears throat> you knew the names that we were thinking about writing down even before we walked into the door. And you love, you love people. You died for them, Father. You gave your life for them. You took the burden of their sin and their shame. I pray this year that we would have an opportunity to point them to the door to Jesus for our conversations, our integrity, the way we live, the way we speak, the way we act. Lord, may you be the light through us this year. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> the second door we're going to walk through is the door of discipleship. John chapter 10 verse 9 says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. It's one thing to enter and find salvation, but it's another thing to find pasture. Pasture in this context is where people feed and people grow spiritually. We don't just want people to find Christ. We want people to grow in Christ. Okay, we don't want big nets with big holes. We want to help people go the journey. Follow Jesus, which is our discipleship course last year. We launched it at Vision Sunday last year, but 72 people went through the discipleship class throughout 2023. I think that's amazing, an amazing start for us. But the question is, how do we grow people? We want to grow big people in Soul Church. How do we open doors for us to go in? We want you to find new pastures this year. We want you to find ways to grow in, in, in your walk with God. We want, we want you to love prayer. We want you to love your Bible. And as a church, we have a responsibility to help people grow spiritually. So we're going to be introducing something brand new. This is a brand new initiative for 2024 and beyond for Soul Church. It's called Soul Central. Soul Central is going to gather during term times every Thursday evening in the new building from the middle of April. From 7 p.m. to 8.30 8 p.m. It has three goals. Connection. 
We want you to build relationships. We don't want you to be part of a big church and feel lonely. The second part is community. We want people to move from fringe to family. We want people to find authentic relationships within the life of church. We want you to find your marriage partners if you're not married. Settle down. <laughs> Growth. This is the key one. This is the key goal. We want you to find discipleship. And so we're bringing it back. On a Thursday evening in Soul Church, we're bringing back Bible studies. So on a Thursday night from 7 to 8.30, we want to educate us in the Word of God. It's no curriculum. There's no sign me up. There's no do I get a certificate at the end? There's none of that. Imagine that, you know, the disciples to Jesus. Where's my certificate? There's none of that. Okay? That's not what we're after. All we want to do is help you grow and love the Word of God. <clears throat> so on a Thursday night, the doors will be open. There's three things you need. A Bible, notepad, and pen. And you rock up, and if you can't come the next week, that's fine. But there'll be a Bible study every Thursday during turn times from 7 to 8.30 and you'll be able to find discipleship, connection, community. And on top of that, we're going to be running our Follow Jesus classes on a Thursday. We're going to be running Alpha courses. We're going to be running Bible studies, Follow Jesus, Creative Rehearsals, all of the collectives that are all going to come. And Thursday night is going to be a hub of community in Soul Church. And, you know, sometimes Sunday to Sunday, there's a lot going on. And sometimes it can be like, wow, that, I've... but we're going to have this kind of injection of life and hope in the middle of the week. And this isn't replacing groups, this is a group. Okay, this is on top of what we're doing midweek in groups. So who's, who's excited for bring back the Bible study? And so bring your Bible, bring your pen, bring your mum, bring someone, okay? And we'll probably have a worship song and then we'll, the great thing about the new building is we've got so many different classrooms, breakout rooms. We're going to be able to facilitate these things. And it's going to be, the cafe will be open. It's going to be a real great night. And uh, it's going to be a great night together. So I'm excited. And our goal as a church isn't just to motivate people, it's to feed people. We want to bring them. Remember what this verse said? It says, go out and find pastures. We want you to find new pastures with this. And so groups are still essential to what we do as a church. You know, we want people, we want our groups to gather around the word of God. We don't eat pizza and skip the scriptures. The scriptures are so important to what we do as a church. And the word is center in all we do. It's not a movie that's center. It's not an idea. We haven't got a cool concept. We just want to bring Jesus into the center of everything. So that's why we're dedicating one night a week to Bible study and helping people study, grow, and learn about being disciples of Christ. So the question is, can you help us? Can you help us? If you're passionate about the Word of God, let us know. Would you put your hand up to help us? Host a table. There's going to be round tables, okay? People learn better in circles than lines. That's proven, so we want to help people in round circles. So maybe you can um, host a table. And so I want you to, to write this down. This is the second thing I want you to write down in the, the, the door of discipleship. <coughs> I desire... Maybe I could just grab a hot drink. Is that okay? Thank you. I desire to fall in love with the Bible. I desire to fall in love with the Bible. Don't write that down if it's not a desire. But Chantel and I, we, we're passionate this year. We want our church not to fall in love with coffee. And I love the coffee. Okay, I love, I love all these things, but I want us to fall in love with the Bible. If we fall in love with the Bible, pastoral care issues in our church are going to do this. 
I feel like all the time we're trying to patch things up, we're actually we've got to get to the root of the issue. People don't know the Bible. And if people know the Bible, so many of these other challenges will work themselves out. So we've got to help people fall in love with the Bible. The door of discipleship. The door of salvation, the door of discipleship. Number three, the door of freedom. The door of freedom. Acts chapter 5, 19 says, The angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out. So many people in our local community, within our community, are in prisons. I'm not just talking about a physical uh, prison. I'm talking about a prison of poverty. Prisons of addiction. Prisons of abuse. You know, some of the things I read yesterday about child poverty in Norwich. It's happening on our watch. Kids are coming, turning up to school hungry. Can't study because of the hunger. As a church, we can't do everything, but we have to do something. We have to do something, and we have a responsibility to help people into freedom. I'll give you some encouraging stats. Last year, <coughs> excuse me, 17,177 people received bags, sorry, 17,000 bags of shopping went out of our supermarket into our local community. That was 27% up on the year before. 1,717 homes were impacted from our supermarket. 95% up on the year before. 5,333 people, including 2,189 children, regularly attend our sole supermarket. We have a responsibility to be outward focused. Hannah and some of the team sent us some of these stats. Thank you so much. Says, I have suffered with anxiety, some stories, sorry, for so long after building up the courage to come to the shop after many attempts. I've made friends and have grown in confidence. I love attending the courses too, thank you. I am a single mum of three. Shopping here has allowed me to save the money I would have been spending on food to pay for a course to better myself and get a job. I'm so thankful to Seoul Supermarket. I've been shopping here for a while. Everyone is so friendly and supportive. When I was made redundant recently, I came straight here as I knew you'd be able to help me. I have no fixed address, and because of that, I'm struggling to find work. When I came to the shop, I was treated really well, given free food, and offered so much extra help. Thank you, Soul Church. Beautiful. One more. Can I give you one more? I've always had so much pain in my knees. It means that I'm unable to work. Since coming to the supermarket, your team have prayed for my knee. My prayers were answered when I was given a consultation and surgery within weeks when I, was, when I was told it would be two years. I'm not a Christian, but can feel something different about the people here. It's the door of freedom. It's the door of freedom. Soul in the city is which we, where we go out and feed the homeless and the lonely every Wednesday. We served 1,547 guests last year in our city. On top of that, 135 individual lonely people on the streets. We are making a difference. Our soul well-being. 380 people are connected in on a Wednesday for our soul well-being family. Thank you. They serve 3,405 lunches on Wednesdays to those in need. I want to say to Nigel and Helen, and all of the Soul Wellbeing team, we're so grateful to you. They're full-time volunteers. We're so thankful for everything that you do for that community. 
But we don't want to stop. We want to keep going and we want to do more. So we're in the beginning phases of partnering with the key detox to run a recovery groups to help people provide a spiritual route to freedom. It's a program adapted from the 12-step recovery program from Alcoholic Anonymous to help people find freedom from addiction and freedom in Christ. We will continue to partner with our global initiatives. We'll continue to partner with our local initiatives, Hope for Justice and Teen Challenge, which we're going to be hearing from tonight. We went away a couple of weeks ago, and I felt God draw me to James chapter 1, verse 27. He challenged me on this verse. He says, religion that God accepts as pure and without fault is this, caring for orphans and widows who need the help. We're going to do something that... It's brand new. I don't know anyone else who's done this before, but I felt God share, show Chantal and I to do a widow's banquet. And to all the widows and widowers in our church, we're going to have a night every year where we love on you, we cherish you, we value you, and we want to just pour our love on our widows and widowers. It's going to be a very special night. So if you're a widow or a widower, this night is for you. And we'll let you have the dates for that in the future. But also, if you know people... They don't have to be part of Soul Church. They're widows. Maybe they're living alone. Maybe they're struggling with loneliness. Let them know about this date. This is going to be a very, very special night as we bring God's Christ's love to this group of people. And then Soul Grace, which we launched last Vision Sunday, a brand new ministry, which has been active for the last five months. <clears throat> Sue Ginn and her team. Sue was in the first service, but she's built an amazing team of 19 people who are committed to demonstrating the love of God and his grace and compassion to help people, support people of all times through the loss of pregnancy or baby loss or all those kind of things. And in this short, this short period of time, they've been able to help five individuals in our church community in that season of life. And as a group, they, continue, they want to continue to offer support to those who are experiencing loss through pregnancy at any stage or pregnancy choices, infertility and especially difficult birth experiences. And if you, are, if you need support in that area, please speak to someone. Help us. Send us an email to soulgrace at soulchurch.com. Church, this is who we are. The church is the door to freedom. All of us have areas of our lives that we need to come into freedom. It's not just about those who are trapped in addiction or those who are going for a pregnancy crisis. We're all needing freedom in areas of our lives. And so I encourage you, this will be a door of freedom this year. We want you to step into freedom. I want to step into new areas of freedom. We want you to step into areas of freedom. Maybe it's freedom from shame, freedom from guilt. Maybe it's freedom from an addiction. But this year, we're believing that God is going to take you into freedom in your life. And so I encourage you, I encourage you, write down an area of your life, number door number three. Write down an area of your life that you're believing God is going to bring freedom in. The door of salvation, the door of discipleship, <clears throat> the door of freedom. Number four is the door of hope. You know, as the doors of the new church are open, we're actually opening the doors of hope. Who's glad that they stepped through the doors of this church for the first time? Or who would agree they're doors of hope? In a hopeless world. On our new building, we've got it bigger and ever, Jesus, hope of the world. Because there is no other hope. There is no other hope. 
You can put your hope in a football team, they'll let you down. You're a Liverpool fan, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Especially if you're an Ipswich Town fan. In Luke chapter 7, in Luke chapter 7, there's, there's, two different, there's two different stories in that one chapter. The first story is Jesus heals, Jesus heals a centurion servant. He's about to die and Jesus walks in. And we haven't got time to read the story, but Jesus heals him. But the second story is a funeral procession in the same chapter. It says in verse 11, chapter 7 of Luke's gospel, it says, Now it happened the day after that he went into the city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him in a large crowd. And when he came near the gate, the door of the city, this is, this is, this is important. Behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. Can you imagine that? Not only, not only she lost her husband, she's now lost her only son. And a large crowd was with her. They were mourning. They were coming to comfort her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said, do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin. And those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak. You say, what on earth has that got to do with Vision Sunday 2024? Two crowds collided with each other that day at the doors of the city at the gates of the city. Crowd number one, they are over the moon. They are in party mood. They've just seen somebody resurrected from the dead. They, 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 are, they are just just over the moon with God's blessing and his goodness. And then the other crowd is mourning the loss of a widow's son. Who knows, they're two completely different set of emotions. I don't know if you've ever experienced um, kind of elation and, 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 and loss on the same day. I remember when my son, Justice, turned, I think he turned two. We were in the middle of his party. We got a phone call from the old age people's home to say my grandma had died during the party. So, you know, with those mixed feelings of, on one hand, your two-year-old son, you want to celebrate with him, but on the other hand, you're just experiencing the lost, loss of a family member. And so coming from these two opposite directions, we're characterized by two entirely different moods. The crowd with Jesus, they are joyful, they are jubilant, they've just seen a mighty miracle. The centurion's servant, he was as good as dead, maybe cancer, and Jesus comes along and changes that whole situation. But the crowd, on the other hand, they've come from a different purpose. They're mourners. They're being led by a coffin. It's a funeral procession. We got a picture of the doors of our new church because I want you to understand what was happening here. These are the doors of our new church. This is what God showed me yesterday. Hope and sorrow collided. In this story, hope and sorrow collided. At the doors of our new building, hope and sorrow will collide. Sorrow, hurt, mental health, physical health, Depression will walk in the doors, but it will collide with Jesus who is coming out because the presence of God is about to meet people. So on that gate of the city of Jerusalem, they were mourning, they were defeated, but coming in was Jesus. And Jesus said, don't mourn, 
don't mourn, all is not lost. And so this is a picture, Luke chapter 7 is a picture of what is going to happen in our new building, where people are going to come in mourning, people are going to come in with all hope is gone, but they are not just going to walk in, they're going to walk into the giver of hope, the giver of life. Hope will collide with sorrows. So I'm, I'm already naming the doors of our new building are called the doors of hope. Because hope and sorrow will collide at the doors. And when Jesus, saw, when Jesus saw the crowd that was mourning, Jesus went in. And he broke every custom, every religious law. He put his hand in and he touched that young boy. He got up and he was healed. You see, we can't heal people in the new church, but Jesus can. Our job is to get them through the doors. Because in his presence, there is fullness of joy. In his presence, there is freedom. And there is hope. So we're believing that marriages are going to be restored in our new building. Um, when we had Reverend Nikki and Scylla here um, a few weeks ago, they really challenged Chantal and I privately. And this was their challenge. They said, we want to encourage you to put your whole church through the marriage course in 2024. So there it is. We're going to do the marriage course. We're, we're, we are going to do the marriage course. So have you been married for five minutes or 50 years? Not every marriage needs a counselor. I agree with that. But every marriage needs support. Every marriage. So as a church, we felt compelled in that moment that we, we are going to do the marriage course. And we're going to see marriages strengthened. You say, well, my marriage is perfect. Well, you can teach the course. <laughs> we need you. So if your marriage is perfect, you come and help us be, get better. Because mine isn't. Ours isn't. So we're going to go. We're going to join. So we want our whole church to go through the marriage course. Bring your neighbor. Bring your friend. Bring, and we're going, to, we're going to do two courses. We're going to do one virtual because we know it's very difficult for people with childcare and all those things, and we're going to do one in the room on a Thursday night at Seoul Central, and we're going to see marriages strengthened. And Chantal and I felt also to apologize to the church that we have not put enough emphasis on marriage in our church. We see marriages struggling. We have a responsibility to do something. Now, we need you to take up the mantle for us and say, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. And there is hope. And so that's really a major part of this year's vision. I hope you're picking up the vision this year is all about strengthening people. Yeah. Marriages. Helping people bring into freedom. And so we're going to invest in marriages. And so if you're passionate about this ministry as well, we need you. We, we need you. We need to build a team. So please email us, info at soulchurch.com. So on the question, the final question. No, we've got one more actually. The door of hope. question is this. There is hope for what area in your life? Where have you lost hope? Because God wants to open the door of hope again in your life. Maybe it is in your marriage. Maybe it's with that dream. Maybe you've lost hope that you could never be free of the addiction. You could never shake off those, those thoughts, those dark thoughts. But there is hope today through Jesus. The door of salvation. The door of discipleship. The door of freedom. The door of hope. And finally, the door of miracles. The door of miracles. Matthew 7, 7. 
Ask, Jesus said. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. You know the reason the enemy keeps showing up your door? Because God, whatever God has on the other side is miraculous. He's scared. So he keeps showing up at the door. There'll always be an enemy at the door of anything important that God is leading you to. It'll always be the enemy. But you know, probably often the most amazing miracles have occurred in our lives right at the moment we're about to give up. For some of you, you're ready to give up today. Give up on that marriage. Give up in that situation at home. Give up on your career. Everyone else is getting blessed, but I'm not getting blessed. Everyone else is getting ahead, but I'm not getting ahead. Some of you are ready to give up, and God is saying there is a door about to open in your life. This is the year of the open door. Do not give up. Do not give up. What the enemy meant for evil, God will turn around for his guilt, for his glory. You've got to keep walking. You've got to keep walking towards the door. And I'm believing this year, as we walk, you know, on the new, on the new church door, when you get five meters away, guess what happens? It opens. Those old doors, you've got to kick them, you've got to put things under them, you've got to put an old coffee cup just to wedge them open. And God says, no, there is a new season. As you begin to walk in faith, as you begin to trust me, as you begin to speak the things that are not, as if they are automatically doors, miracles are going to begin to open in your life. Favor is going to happen. See, see, you've got to see it. You've got to see it. You've got to believe it. I it's Him. It's only God that can do it. I have set before you. It's final. It's done. It's a finished work. I have set before you. It is personal today. This vision is for you. It's not for everyone else. It's for you too. For you. In Acts, when Peter was in prison, the Bible says the angel led him out of the prison and the prison doors opened. No one was opening them. The prison doors were opening. Do you know how many times over the last seven years since we started this project, there have been closed doors? We're told we'd never get planning permission. God said, I'm your doorkeeper. I'm your doorkeeper. I'm your doorkeeper. You'll never raise that amount of money in Norfolk. Won't we? Won't we? Haven't we? got to walk. See, I have set before you an open. It's open. It's a door. So if a door's open, what do you do? Do you look at it? Do you talk about it? You walk through it. Which means every day, what do you do? You just keep walking. I walk by faith and not by sight. I'm not intimidated by the enemies. The words around me. I'm just going to keep walking. It makes no sense, but I'm going to keep stepping out into everything that God has for me. So what miracle are you going to walk into in 2024? What's your miracle? Question number five. On your bookmark, the door of miracles. What are you believing God to walk into this year? 
I tell you what I'm believing to walk into, a church that's paid in full. Come on, we've got to step out. Well, that seems impossible. Within man, it is, it is impossible. But with God, all things, all things are possible. Stand to your feet right now if you need a door, a door of miracle. You need to walk through that door. Stand through it. Come on, stand on it. Stand. Saying, God, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. If you need a miracle in your workplace, your career, just lift, just lift up your hand. You're, you feel it's dead end. You feel it's a dead end. The door is firmly shut. Firmly shut. You can't see a way through. You just feel stuck. You feel stuck in life. God wants to release blessing over you. God wants to release that automatic door over your life. So Father, you see every hand. People who feel like they're stuck right now. People who feel like they can't get ahead. And Father, we see it right now. We see it in the supernatural. We see the things that are not as if they are. And so Lord, I pray for new opportunities in business, Father God. New career paths. New blessings, Father God. New promotions, Father God. We are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We are the lenders and not the borrowers, Father God. You have called us out. You've set us apart in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I speak miracles over careers now. Who's sick in body today? You're sick. You're sick. Lift up your hand if you're sick. I'm going to pray right now for the sick. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If someone's got their hand up around you, just place your hand on their shoulder. We're going to speak life right now. One of God's names is Jehovah Rapha. He is my healer. He is your healer today. He is your healer. Healed in Jesus' name. Those watching online right now, healed in Jesus' name. Eyes open, ears open, Father God. I speak to every lung, every asthma. I speak to it in the name of Jesus. We release your healing power. Arthritis. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The door of miracles. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find it. Knock and the door will be opened in Jesus' name. All we're doing right now is we're knocking on the door with prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The door of the discipleship. Who's got a desire to grow and fall in love with God's Word this year? Desire to know more about Jesus. I pray that desire has either been birthed or resurrected today in your life. Father, at the start of this year, we know there is so much distraction out there that keeps us from our Bibles, from your Word. But we pray, Lord, that there would be a deep, 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 deep falling in love with the Scriptures this year. 
Lord, I pray as we launch this initiative for regular Bible studies, Father, that our church on a Thursday night would be packed with people, Father God, who are hungry and thirsty, Father God, for more of you, Lord. I pray that we would grow spiritually this year, not just numerically. And Father, I speak freedom over your church, freedom right now. Who the sun sets free, ye are free indeed. Freedom over every addiction, freedom over every situation, freedom over poverty, freedom, Father God, and the people that we come into contact with. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. The door of hope. The door of hope. I'm declaring that sorrow and hope are going to collide this year. As you walk into the doors of our new building, maybe you've had a tough week, but as you walk in, it will be a house of hope. As you walk onto Soul Street, it will be Hope Street. The presence of God will fill people. Something will be so different. So come on, let's just pray. Would you pray for our new church, our new church home, that it would be a house of hope. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, begin to prepare people's hearts now, Father God, for them to come into this new facility, Father God. But it would be a house of hope, a house of freedom, a house of salvation, a house of miracles, Father God. A house, Father, where your glory would fall afresh, Father. We thank you that the latter days will be greater than the former. We thank you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, let's sing it out. Amen. Amen. The very first door was the door of salvation. And the reason that that's the first door is because discipleship, freedom, hope and miracles flows out of a personal relationship with Jesus. So salvation is the doorway to a new life. But it starts with a decision. It starts with a decision to say, Jesus, I choose you. I choose you. I've tried so many other things to find fulfillment in my life, but nothing else can satisfy but Jesus. We never conclude any of our services, children, youth, Sunday services, without giving people an opportunity to find the door. Because if you can't find the door, you're trapped. You're trapped in your old life. So today I want to give you an opportunity, whether you're watching at home, whether you're in person in the room, give you an opportunity to find the door. It's a door of salvation. And it leads to freedom. It leads to miracles. It leads to hope but you've got to walk through it. I can't do that. You have to make that decision. I'm walking through. And here's the thing, when you walk through the door of salvation, you leave behind what's on the other side of the door. You leave behind your old life. For if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And so you let go of the past. You let go of sin. You let go of the habits, the destructive things, the relationships that hold you back and you step into a brand new life. Is it a perfect life? Is it an easy life? No, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is you have Jesus beside you. When you get it right, he's with you. When you get it wrong, he's with you. He will never leave you and he'll never forsake you. Just got a handful of services left in this building, but I wanna give you an opportunity. Would you be one of the last people to say yes to Jesus? at Mason Road today. 
this is your chance to walk through a brand new door and say goodbye to an old life and embrace a whole new one with Jesus. He loves you, friend. He's got a plan for you. His plan is to bless you, to prosper you, and to help you. This is your moment. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Don't put it off another week because none of us know what next week looks like. This is the moment. The Bible says today is the day for salvation. This is your day. So all I'm going to do is count to three. When I get to three, all I want you to do is just signal to me. Say, John, pray for me. I want to walk through the door today. We'll receive Jesus. One, two, three. All over this room, slip up your hand. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Beautiful. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Beautiful. Anyone else? God bless you, young lady there. Amazing. It's incredible. God bless you. God bless you. This is amazing. So many people saying yes to Jesus. I feel like there's one more. There's one more person. Your heart's beating quick and you're worried about what people think. Don't worry about it. This isn't about them, it's about you. Right at the back. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. It's amazing, hey? Should we say this prayer together as a church family? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me to forgive all my sin and failures so that I can have a brand new start. Please come into my heart and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to trust and to live for you. Amen. Come on, let's congratulate everyone who said that prayer. We want to give you a gift. It's a Bible. It's the Gospel of Mark. And when you head out in the doors in just a few moments, our team will be just holding them in the air. Please take a Bible, but don't just take a Bible. Let us know. We can just receive your details. We'd love to stay in touch with you and let you know about some of the things that are happening at Soul Central on a Thursday night and some of the Follow Jesus courses. And We want to help you, equip you. Because remember today, it's not just about one door. There's other doors that we want you to walk through. You've entered through the big door, which is the door of salvation, but now we want you to go through the door of discipleship into freedom and hope and miracles in your life. So I pray that you've received the word today. I pray that we wouldn't just cast a vision, we'll run with it. I pray that we'll run with that vision today. We're not here to make ourselves famous, we're here to make Jesus famous. We're not here, we're not advertised in all various, we just wanna make, we wanna see our church become healthy and strong And we believe that the power of the local church is the power to transform community. And this is the hope for Norwich. This is the hope. If politics could save us, Jesus would have come as a politician. Politics can't save us. If you think another general election is going to work it all out, you're wrong. It doesn't matter if you're left, middle, right, up, not down, anywhere. It doesn't matter. The only hope for this nation is Jesus. That's why Jesus said, I'm sending you, God said, I'm sending you a saviour who is Christ your Lord. So he sent us a saviour. We all need a saviour. So we have hope. Not in a government. We have hope in Jesus. Amen. Amen. So let's run with that vision. Thanks again for tuning in. 
If you said yes to Jesus today by saying the salvation prayer, we'd love for you to email connections at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision you've just made. And if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, head to soulchurch.com. And don't forget to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching at Soul Church UK. Take care and God bless.